Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved, today we are going to smooth it out today. Listen, the Holy Spirit just put on my thinking today. We need to stop condemning ourselves when we have sinned. So today's message is stop condemning yourself when you have sinned. Amen. Because see, beloved, this platform that the Lord Jesus Christ has put me in, it is to cry aloud and spare nothing when it comes to the preaching of the gospel calling men to repentance so that in Christ, through his shed blood, we can have forgiveness of sin. And once we've come to Christ, now that we are in the body of Christ, he has also commissioned me with a burden for his people. That in these last terrible dark days, we must continue to walk in holiness, to live a life that is not characterized by sin, and to remind his people that he is coming back and that he will give to everyone a reward according to the fruit of their doings. And so I know a lot of times on the podcast, I get heated. It is, it is never to be taken personal. I am not condemning anyone, but the Lord has given me a grace of boldness when when it comes to his people 
in how we are to live post salvation. But today, I want to take it down a notch and let you know from God's standpoint that we need to stop condemning ourselves when we have sinned. The promised Messiah who is, who was prophesied to come to save his people from their sins, well, Jesus showed up. God's plan for salvation was manifested in human form. The Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. He suffered and died but he rose again on the third day, conquering sin and death and opening the way to eternal life for all who would believe in him. So what I heard from the spirit of grace is that we are to stop condemning, stop condemning yourself if you have sinned. Rather, go to Jesus in sincere repentance and let him cleanse you and going forward, walk in obedience. Because beloved, we do have an advocate in heaven and he is not looking to condemn his children, but to give us more grace to walk out our sanctification process. We don't get it all right on the first day of being saved, but we walk in the newness of life. We have been given his Holy Spirit to sanctify us, to keep us on the straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life and to glorify Jesus. So beloved, stop beating yourself up. Go to God and continue to be righteous in his sight and walk out your own salvation. Beloved, please be encouraged because if you are going through a period of doubting whether God can really forgive you for a sin, that you are incredibly ashamed of. Well, let these Bible verses refresh your memory of the nature of his forgiveness and how accessible it is to each and every one of us. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, Psalm 32 verses 1 to 2. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, 
whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. Amen. And in whose spirit is no deceit. Mm-hmm. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So, beloved, as we go through these Bible verses, let us refresh our memory of the nature of God's forgiveness and to know we do have access to the throne of grace, beloved. Listen, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For it is by God's, because I always say it like that. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Amen. See, beloved? It is by God's grace that we are saved. So you mean to tell me that now that we are born again, God is just going to leave us to our own devices to work this out? Absolutely not. And yes, Holy Spirit, that is why I come down so hard about false doctrine, especially in the area of grace, because it has been so mangled and mishandled and misused as a license to sin. But I want us today to hone in on the fact about how good his grace truly is and to remember the goodness of the Lord because we can talk about Lord willing on another day about how dark and evil these times are and that how we must be prepared to meet our risen king. The Holy Spirit wants you to personally know He is with you. Those who have sincerely repented of of their sins, we will stumble along the way. We know what it is. We are not looking to practice sin as a lifestyle. None of us gets it right 1,000% of the time. 
And so when we hear teachings on righteous living, holy, and, and, and being clean in your spirit, that can intimidate those who may be struggling with something. And you, you long to do right. You want to please the Father, but it's just something that keeps tripping you up. Holy Spirit says, do not condemn yourselves. Go to God. Ask for grace, more grace, more strength. He is not going to leave you in your vomit. He will protect his children. Think about it in the natural. Those of us who have children, when they mess up, do we just leave them to, to their own folly? And, and do we just condemn them and make them feel like horrible human beings? Absolutely not. Once we chasing them, we come right behind with love, giving them more grace, helping them to walk the straight and narrow path, giving them guidance along the way that what you are doing will lead to destruction. But in love, we don't just banish them to outer darkness on the first trip that they stumble. No. Well, how much more will our Father in heaven forgive us, cleanse us of all unrighteousness, and set us back? On the path that leads to eternal life. So beloved, do not beat yourself up. We do know what it is. We must pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow Jesus. So isn't it wonderful how we have his word to comfort us in a time of need listen Isaiah 118 come now let us settle the matter says the Lord though your sins are like scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they are red as crimson they shall be like wool Amen. Corinthians 5, 18 to 19. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Yes, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. 
Amen. Beloved, Romans 3 tells us that God has, in fact, made a way for sinners to be made right with him when they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Amen. Right, Holy Spirit. So if the Lord is not remembering your sins, then why are you relishing and in some cases wallowing and condemning yourself about a particular sin. Beloved, listen. We know we are to walk this straight and narrow path, right? But we will miss it. Sometime, some way, somehow. All of us. All of us seem to do something that does not please the Father. So do we just fold in and just give up on Jesus because we are not meeting up to his standards? <clears throat> to his standards? Absolutely not. We are to not fall away. Listen. Our God has standards, and we know those standards are holy. But guess what? <laughs> he has a heart for his people. He will guide us and lead us, and if need be, chasten us. The Bible says that he chases those whom he loves. So if he is, if you will, taking the time to get our life together, and if it means discipline, well then, so be it. He cares about us. He knows the very number of the hairs on our heads. Listen, we have ourselves a good shepherd, Jesus Christ. He will lead us and guide us. He will speak to us. And if he needs to get our lives together, <laughs> okay, then he will. But guess what? It is all love. What did David say over there in Psalm 23? He says, The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. He refreshes 
and restores my soul, my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort and console me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell forever in the house and in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So, beloved, it cannot get any greater than that. So, when King David said in verse 5, the Lord blesses and he anoints his believers with the Holy Spirit, whom oil symbolizes to prepare them for his service. So when he says, you have anointed and refreshed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Amen. So again, beloved, we do have ourselves a good shepherd, a good shepherd who has said over there in Isaiah 43, 25, I even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Amen. Look, beloved, there's help for the condemning heart. Because what does, <clears throat> what does your heart say? Because if you are like most others, you may struggle with a self-condemning heart. And this is what I was led to hone in on today, that many of us are condemning our heart that is shrouded in negative thoughts gloomy outlooks, and visions of defeat. But there is help for the self-condemning heart. Beloved, let us, le let us never forget the enemy doesn't want us to live with freedom, joy, or a light heart. Uh-uh. Far from it. He wants us to be weighed down with guilt, pain, regret, and sin. 
Yep, he will take every opportunity to remind us of our failings. And when we have them, we have a lot of them. Listen, okay, we fail daily, okay? Let's just be real and keep it real. We are fragile humans in a fallen world dealing with the daily struggle of life. Come on now. Every day is a battle. You want to know why? Scripture tells us this born again, regenerated spirit fights daily. It is at war with the flesh man. Who was, by the way, let us never forget this, was nailed to the cross. So, if you and I make provision to resurrect that old man by indulging in sin, we will, we will constantly be at war. And this is where the other hat I put on is to exhort us to not make provision for the flesh, to put away any and all things that will cause us to stumble. Because if not, we are going to feel condemned, which, by the way, is if we think about it, a good thing. Not that we wallow in self-condemnation, but when we sin, we should absolutely feel some kind of way. We should be pricked in our spirits that we have failed the Lord. Again, not that we just stay down on the floor and just give up like, woe is me. I'm never good enough. I will, I will never be able to please the Father. So I might as well just chuck it up and just stay in sin. No, beloved. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to curse God and die. No, beloved. Listen. We should feel guilt when we miss the mark. That's that internal discernment that the Lord has given us. That's Holy Spirit convincing you, you are a child of the most high God and you ain't got no business saying that, thinking that, and doing that. We should feel some kind of way because if not, have your conscience been so seared by sin that when you indulge in it, you can actually go to sleep at night and feel no remorse. Then, then you should know there's a problem. That if you claim the name, 
and you live a life characterized by sin and you don't feel no kind of way about that and you and you justify sin, you make excuses for it. Be mindful that if you keep it up, God pushes away the the prideful. If you want to live a life of pride and doing you and nobody can say nothing to you, well, don't forget God pushes away the proudful. Yes, he does. Because what you don't want to have happen is for him to turn you over to be a reprobate. We don't never want to get to the point where God is just so fed up. He washes his hand and he leaves. Uh huh. We never want to get to a point where God is like, you know what? You're on your own. I am not going to strive with man. So every day is a battle. Sometimes it is easy to see, okay? It is easy to see raging around us, vying for our attention, harassing us at every turn. Other times it is a subtle oppression that weighs us down. And if we are not careful, nearly becomes unnoticeable because we have become so used to carrying the weight of it every day. And this is where we see believers walking in depression. Beloved, it is not scriptural for any follower of the Lord Jesus Christ to be depressed. For what? Think about it. He gives us the cure for anxiety over there in Matthew 6, 33. The Lord Jesus Christ says to take no thought about your life. Amen. He tells us that for a reason because he also tells us what the priority should be. It is to be focused on the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else we need. He will provide. Listen, father means source. So we have a father in heaven that that is able to provide for our needs there is no need for us to go chasing after what the pagans in the world chase after because obviously when we are doing that the focus comes off the kingdom and finding out how we ought to live in the meantime while Jesus is tarrying his return. The mind and the spirit and that heart should always be on the kingdom of God. 
it should always be on eternity because that is where that soul will live whether it be in that lake of fire or the kingdom of God. It's going to live somewhere, beloved. But while we are still alive, let us be encouraged that although we may slip and fall, well, we get up. We get up. We have a loving Father. Because if he tells us to love him with our whole hearts, souls, minds, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, well, how do we learn to do that if he doesn't give us his grace in order to carry that out? He has not left us alone because, beloved, listen, now. Isn't this true that our heart speaks to us on a daily basis? It whispers the remember when and you should have, but you didn't. It drags up past failures. It loves to bring up the moments of weakness and anger that later brought shame and it puts them front and center in our mind's eye, reminding us how pitiful we are and saying things like, you're worthless, you are beyond help, you are pathetic. Mm-mm. And guess what? Sadly, we began to buy into this as our quote-unquote truth. And we actually start to believe the lies of the devil. Listen, our heart, okay, can drive us into the ground and make us weak and ineffective. Essentially, crippled by our past failures oh beloved my my hand is raised I can't tell you how many years I lived in guilt because of certain actions I did before coming to Christ and in Christ still didn't get the memo but glory be to God that when we truly are serious about our salvation and we and we for real for real this time put away sin life does get better but we cannot still allow those intrusive thoughts to have their way because otherwise it will cripple us i'm telling you this flesh Mm-hmm, Holy Spirit, I know you're right. If this flesh cannot get you to physically commit sin, well, guess what it will try to do? Taint that renewed mind. It will start creating strongholds in your mind that the moment you even do something, there's the enemy whispering, you ain't no good. 
you ain't really a Christian. You ain't nothing but a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. God don't want to have nothing to do with you. Look at you. You, you, you haven't put down those, those cigarettes yet. And you're still watching that porn. Look at you. You, you ain't saved. You ain't saved. And then what happens? Here you go. You right. I'm not saved. No, beloved. Come on now. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Listen, we have a high priest. Yes, he goes before the Father, interceding for us. He's our good shepherd. That rod, that staff, it does comfort us. Sometimes we need chastening. All the time, we need guidance. Oh, yes, because listen, beloved, the enemy wants to still take us down. But guess what? Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. Mm-hmm. So what does the Bible say about a self-condemning heart? Listen, here's the thing. We need to understand our hearts lie. Yeah, I don't know if you have realized that by now, but the heart lies. You want to know why? Well, we see over here in Jeremiah 17, 9. It says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Another translation says it is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Who can know it? Because the bigger question is who holds our heart? Who do we really belong to? Well, 1 John 3, 19 to 20. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Amen. Did you see that, beloved? We can set our hearts at rest in his presence. Oh, yes. Listen, stop and think about that. What would that feel like to have a heart at rest in God's presence? Mm-hmm. And check out that second part where it says, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Amen. Beloved, he knows. He knows everything. He knows what we've done and said. He knows our thoughts and regrets. And he knows his children. Yes, we belong to him. He knows it all. Okay. And guess what? He still wants us. Yes, you are wanted by your heavenly father. And don't let anyone, <clears throat> especially the devil and that condemning heart, tell you otherwise. 
Mm-mm. Listen, okay. He loves us in spite of our past. Christ Jesus died to wipe all of that sin and guilt away. Jesus rose again to show his victory and power over every force of evil. If we continue to dwell in the messaging of hearts that are that are feeding to us all of these self-condemning messages, well, we are giving the enemy a foothold and we are living like Christ's sacrifice wasn't enough. Yes, beloved, that's what happens when we live in guilt and shame. When Christ has already dealt with the guilt and shame of our sins. He nailed guilt, shame, sin, and death to the cross, beloved. So, his sacrifice was enough. It is. And it will always be enough. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, here we go. 1 John 3, 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Amen. Confidence, beloved. Can you imagine having confidence before God? Knowing that your weakness and your past failings don't define you, but that God's forgiveness and acceptance defines you as his child. Beloved, you are redeemed. Yes, so how do how do we rewire the messaging from the heart that wants to condemn us and keep us in guilt and shame? Well, number one, take time every day to spend in God's presence. Read the word. Learn his teachings and precepts and be reminded of his promises. If you belong to the truth, you need to know that truth. Soak it in and be at rest in his presence. Amen. Number two, pray. Just talk to the Lord as you would a friend. Tell him what burdens your heart. Ask him to help you, encourage you, and strengthen you. Yes, beloved. Number three, remember God is big. Listen, God is greater than your heart, greater than your past, and greater than your failings and weaknesses. We have a champion, a conqueror who is mighty to save. The Lord Jesus Christ died to make the enemy powerless. Nothing, beloved, nothing is stronger than he. And I mean nothing. Mm -mm. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way to redemption from sin and reconciliation with God. He is the truth, the truth that 
decimates the lies of the enemy. You better know it. He is the life, eternal life in the presence of God filled with freedom and joy. Amen. So beloved, stop beating yourself up. Stop it. Let us pray. Father, thank you, Heavenly Father, that by your grace, I will continue to share with your people your word. In particular, these 10 beautiful and com comforting verses you have given us to remind us that you are with us. How grateful through Jesus Christ that we are, that we have a heavenly father and God who saved us from our sins and have redeemed for himself a chosen people as a special possession to be his very own, to do his good and perfect will, his perfect plans and purposes for our lives. To God be the glory both now and forevermore. Father, lead us and guide us in the way that we should go and we shall treasure your word. Thank you that you do keep your promises. You will never leave us nor forsake us. By your Holy Spirit, it confirms to our born-again spirit that we are children of God. Bless you, Holy Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Beloved, listen. In closing, I want to share with you 10 beautiful and comforting verses to remind you that God is with us. Yes. Listen, though. Throughout Scripture, God has reassured us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so as we look at these verses, it reminds us that he will not leave us, especially in our darkest moments. Look, Matthew, Matthew one twenty three, because in Matthew's birth narrative of Jesus, he writes, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him by his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Amen. Listen, beloved. Matthew 1, 22-23, this scripture fulfills old prophecies we witness in the new I mean in the Old Testament. God promised to be with us in a whole new way, and he fulfills this during the New Testament. Number two, John 14, 16 to 17. 
And I will ask the Father, Jesus says, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Amen. And will be in you. Amen. Beloved, God exists with us in a whole new way after his death and resurrection. Because in this passage, Jesus promises that we will experience God in an unprecedented way. When he ascends into heaven and can no longer physically be with the disciples, the Holy Spirit comes and rests on each of them, taking on the appearance of tongues of fire. The Holy Spirit dwells within them and stays with them forever. Listen, we don't get to see this in the Old Testament, although the Holy Spirit would empower people. Never had he permanently tabernacled within someone until Jesus ascended. What a beautiful reminder. God does not abandon us, beloved, to navigate life on our own. Instead, Holy Spirit guides, comforts, and intercedes for us. Amen. Number three, Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31 and verse 33 says, Behold, the days are coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. For this is the covenant, verse 33, that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declared the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Amen. Listen, God doesn't leave his people in the lurch. He didn't do it in the Old Testament and he sure ain't doing it now. He knew they had a problem with sin that no amount of good deeds could ever rectify. So he makes this promise that he will find a way to be with us. We also need to keep in mind the context of Jeremiah. This prophet existed during a difficult time in Israel's history. Babylon had conquered them and taken its people into captivity. Nevertheless, Jeremiah leaves. He, he leaves this with this hope and promise of a new covenant with God to be fulfilled 500 years later when Christ Jesus showed up. Amen. Number four, because I told you, I wanted in closing to share these 10 comforting Bible verses that no matter what is going on, God, our Heavenly Father, is with us as He promised. Yes, 
So Matthew 28, 20. Because before Jesus left this earth, he spoke the following words to his disciples. And behold, I am always with you to the end of the age. Amen. So they must have felt some trepidation when he ascended into heaven. Jesus, who had walked by their side for three years, had vanished. Nevertheless, this promise shows that Jesus never left. God would still be with them through the role of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, how joyful it is to know that God never abandons us. Amen. Number five. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Amen. Beloved, listen, backstory. In the Old Testament, people would, they would have to travel to the temple during select days of the week and of the year. And no one could truly approach the dwelling place of God, the Ark of the Covenant, except for the high priest once a year. And, okay, if he did it wrong, he could die. Thankfully, we have a different sort of temple, these bodies, thanks to the new covenant. The Holy Spirit dwells within us instead of us having to approach the Holy of Holies. How wonderful that God chooses to reside within us that we can boldly approach him and feel his presence. Something that many heroes of the faith over there in Hebrews 11 could only hope to dream of. Yes, number six. Psalm 139.7 Where shall I go from your spirit? Or will or where shall I flee from your presence? Amen. Beloved, <laughs> rest assured, we cannot escape God. To those who love God, this comes as a comfort and reassurance. To those who want to flee from God or his plan like Jonah, well, this may feel like a bit of a warning. Because it is, beloved, ain't no getting away from God now that you are his. And many have broken covenant. Nonetheless, nonetheless, you want to know why? They fell for the lies of the devil who kept whispering in their heads, and rather than pulling down strongholds, let me go to that scripture. Here we go. 
2 Corinthians chapter 10. If we look in, starting at verse 3, Paul was saying, For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying on our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. Verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not physical. Are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Amen. That was the Amplified. Let us see what the King James says it. Let's see how the King James says it. Verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Number six. Did I get? No, already gave y'all number six. Number seven. Ephesians 2.18 and Ephesians 3.11 to 12. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. This was according to the eternal purpose that he had realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Amen. Think about the profound nature of this verse. We have access to the Father. Sometimes we can't take this for granted in our prayer lives until we realize what the high priest had to go through. The one day a year he could approach the Holy of Holies. One time a year. But today in Christ, we can come to the Father, to the throne of grace, any time we want. Listen, back then, they had to attach bells to the high priest just in case he stopped moving, indicating he died in the presence of God. Praise the Lord that he found a way for us to have access to him and an ability to approach him. 
Yes, beloved. Listen, we 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 be taking sometimes our salvation and the fact that we can come before the Father for granted. Mm-hmm. Number eight. Psalm 145:18. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. Amen. Because many believers, okay. Fear that God will leave them when they miss the mark. Mm-hmm. I know we've all have felt that at some time, but we have assurance through his word that he will never leave us. So what must we do? Well, we must keep our garments white. Now that we have been cleansed by the shed blood of Jesus, we are to remain in Jesus, producing fruit in keeping with our repentance. And we are not to grieve Holy Spirit. Beloved, personally, I've come to know through experience, that you cannot claim the name walking in sin and believe you are going to have peace show up in your life. It's not, it it won't happen. Trying to be in two kingdoms at the same time, you, it will literally drive you crazy. Not to mention being on the broad way straight to a burning hell. So, beloved, listen, in order not to feel so condemned, then we need to stay out of willful sin. So, we are to be encouraged that when we do miss the mark, we can go to God directly without having to go through a physical priest. Sitting in a box. Who by the way need deliverance themselves. To ask for forgiveness. Amen. So I found out through personal experience. That if we live a life daily of crucifying the flesh. We shall have peace. You want to know why? Because the mind stays on the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Because if your mind stays on your flesh, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're going to feel guilty, you're going to beat yourself up, you're going you're gonna to start to think that you just don't have what it takes to be a believer. You're going to start condemning yourself. You're going to feel horrible and wretched when all we truly have to do is submit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Submit ourselves to God. Resist the devil with all of his nasty temptations and he will flee from you. But if there is no resisting if there is no restraining of the flesh, 
then Satan will have his way in your life because we keep opening up doors for him to wreak havoc. See, beloved, this is why the Holy Spirit be pressing upon me to keep us in sobriety about our sanctification. We ain't got no business in sin now that we are born again. And and when we live like that, then we won't be sitting up here condemning ourselves because we know God is holy and we know what we are doing is not holy. But we, we try to get away with it anyway, trying to comfort ourselves with false doctrines. Namely, once I'm saved, I'm always saved. Uh-uh, beloved. So I'm 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 trying to keep it on the encouragement side of things today. Because a lot of the things we go through are preventable and avoidable. But if we continue to take part in those unfruitful works of darkness rather than expose them, we will live in guilt and shame. I'm telling you, my hand is raised because once I sincerely came to Christ this time because you all know my story. I thought I was born again back in 2002. It wasn't until 2019 that the Lord revealed to me about true repentance. After that, my life was changed. But what happened? Now that I was truly born again, when I missed the mark in an area that I had been struggling with since the age of 13, fornication. I can't tell you how destroyed I was in my spirit. I'm like, not again. What is happening? The Lord did not leave me. He didn't leave me. He disciplined me. <laughs> okay. He, he chastened me. But then he also comforted me. And after that, I was done with fornication. To the glory of God, I make no boast. I have been celibate since. Mm -hmm. And I found out also that if I keep my little hips out of sin, my life is so much more peaceful. I'm not living in regret and guilt. Why? Because I'm just like you are not indulging in those things we know by his word that does not please him. Yes, kind of find out it's pretty much cut and dry. 
you live in willful sin, you're gonna live with a self-condemning heart. You're gonna live in regret and remorseful. You're gonna be shameful. You're not gonna feel like praying because of the guilt. You won't be able to preach righteousness and the gospel because you're going to feel like you are a hypocrite. You're not going to tell anybody about the speck in your eye because you still got the plank in your eye. But you want to preach the gospel. You want to be a servant and a messenger for God. But you don't feel like you are qualified because you are still in sin. Well, the answer to that is come out of sin. Yes, beloved. We must be clean vessels to be used by the master. Yes, it is not complicated. It only becomes complicated when we want what we want and still think that we can somehow skirt around the issue of living clean and holy, justifying sin, making excuses for it, and defending it with false doctrine. And this is why many people have left Jesus. They have heaped upon themselves all of these teachers preaching the high-sounding nonsense that you can stay in willful sin and still get to go to heaven because God never leaves you. He is merciful and graceful. And He is to the ones who remain in obedience. Yes, we can't... Listen. We can't have our cake and eat it too. Listen, number nine, and then I got one more, and then I'm going to let y'all go. Hebrews 13, 5. Listen, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Beloved, the blessing of God's presence reminds us that he will care for our needs. When we... When we worry that he will leave us, we shift our focus to temporary fixes that can give us the semblance of a put-together life, such as money. Mm -hmm. And this is where wolves and sheep's clothing come into play. Beloved, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to stick to the quote-unquote script today. To encourage us not to allow our hearts to condemn us when we sin. But I will be remiss that if you stay in willful sin, what's going to happen? Because you, because you still want to serve Jesus, but because of guilty consciences and lust and passions, you're going to find all of these tickling ear, smiling in your face bishops and pastors telling you how you can live your best life now chasing after money, mm -hmm, chasing after money that 
to really have faith in God sometimes mean to be content with just having only $100 in the bank. But the bishop will tell you, oh, that's poverty. What you need to do is sow a seed into this ministry and watch God opens up the windows of heaven and pour you out a million dollars. Please don't get me started, beloved. Listen, God's plan is to not abandon us. Number 10, here we go. Revelation 3.20. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Amen. Because I know, I know. Listen, okay, I'm sorry. I can't help it. Listen, these false teachers, okay, give you the false idea that, that you had to get your life together before you could approach God. No, he approaches us. He knocks at the door. Yes, the passage indicates that we must open it, but God doesn't wait for us to to have squeaky clean lives. He wants us as we are so he can usher in his life-changing grace. Beloved, God is with us. Mm -hmm. Those four little words changes born-again lives. Mm -hmm. Because many of us have had friends and family members abandon us or, or forsaken us, but we have a solid foundation who will never leave us. So please take comfort in these verses that the Holy Spirit has shared with us today. Remain faithful. Come out of willful sin. Put your mind on biblical truth. Eternity is forever and it is final. Amen. Amen. Father, how wonderful that we have you as our God. How blessed are we that you've sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die for our sins. He became the propitiation for our sins. Thank you for sending Holy Spirit. Now that Christ has ascended and remains alive in heaven sitting at your right hand, We have Holy Spirit indwelling us, teaching us, guiding us, comforting us, God with us. You are always with us. And and let your children know and understand, you are not going anywhere. Sadly, it is us who break fellowship. Have mercy 
Have mercy, Father. We ask for more of your grace. Thank you for this perfect fellowship. Thank you for reconciling us back to you. May we never take your grace as a license to sin. May we never forget what Christ has done for us. May we never grieve Holy Spirit. May the saints remain close to your word. That we remain abiding in Christ Jesus. Because Father, we know dark times are here. And they will become even darker in the days to come. We ask for grace and strength and more faith to endure what's coming down the pike. No matter what takes place in these coming days, we know you are with us. You will provide for us. And we shall be taken up. To meet the Lord in the air. May we stand firm and endure until the end. Thank you for your grace, your love, your mercy, your kindness. Bless your holy name, Father. We revere you this day. We come to you with obedient hearts and contrite spirits. We absolutely need you, Father. Thank you for not leaving us. Thank you for not abandoning us. Show us the way to go, and we shall follow our great shepherd. Thank you, Father, for being with us even until the end of the age. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Remember, bad company will always corrupt good morals. Do not be deceived. Arise to righteousness. Come to your senses as you ought to and stop sinning. Amen. Amen. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.